Welcome to the Parkview Church Training Podcast, where we equip you to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to learn more about Parkview or give to our ministry, please visit parkviewchurch.org. Okay, welcome, Parkview. Here we are uh, in the basement of the Airbnb in Des Moines. We're at a preaching conference out in uh, Des Moines, and we thought it'd be good for us to sit down, talk a little bit about preaching. So hopefully this conversation will be helpful. We've got Doug Fern. Right here. Mark Balmer. Also in Des Moines. <laughs> Wade Yurig. Hello, Parkview. And uh, myself, Thomas Hoke, here to share with you a little bit. So I thought we'd start this way. And Mark, I'm going to turn it to you first. Uh, we do a lot of preaching at Parkview. It's got to be, you know, it's important to us. And each sermon, we get up there, we've got a point, we've got our Bible, got some things to say, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I wondered, though, the average person walking through the door of Parkview Church on a Sunday morning, what would we hope, with, without them going onto our website, reading our statement of faith, knowing really anything about us, some sort complete stranger to us and us to them, what would you hope that they would learn about Parkview, about our convictions, mm. about kind of how we do things around here just from listening through a sermon? Yeah, I, I think first and foremost that that we exalt Christ and we mm-hmm. proclaim the gospel. Within that, I think I would add to that that we hold the Bible in high regard. And so there's never going to be a Sunday morning service where the word of God isn't opened and where we aren't focusing in on it mm-hmm. and um, hopefully always pointing people to Christ. And mm-hmm. even th- that's happening even throughout the service, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just central to who we are. And I think anybody who's coming on a Sunday morning, hopefully would leave with that impression uh, and just clearly know these people value the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, anything you guys would add there? I think uh, I would agree and amen all that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we would, hopefully people would walk away, you know, convinced that we're a church that believes God has something to say. Yes. To us. That's right. That's right. That we need to hear. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Yes. A good, simple way to put it. And we're getting a double thumbs up from Wade. Amen. One day we'll get that to go through the microphone. Great responses. <laughs> That's right. Um, now, uh, on that same sort of tack, let's say I'm coming to church. I'm a new believer. I've become a Christian, wonderful new life in Christ. And now I've found myself, I'm going to be part of this body of believers, a church, a local church, Parkview church. Uh, now I'm going to be at church regularly. What would you instruct new believer in? (laughs) Let me try that again. What would you hope each new believer would learn about what it means to hear a sermon? Why do we, as Christians, care so much about preaching in general? What what makes preaching so special for us? What's kind of what's the big deal with preaching? Why do we care about it so much? Wait, do you want to kick us off on that one? Sure. I see you thinking. I think of Hebrews one again from the podcast recording. Last night. And just the argument of Hebrews being chapter one, that God's spoken in many ways through prophets, and now he spoke supremely through his son, Jesus. And then he says Jesus is creator and sustainer and ruler and mediator and all these glorious 
awesome, wonderful truths about Christ. And then in chapter two, he makes the argument, therefore, if this is who Jesus is, we must listen all the more closely to Christ. And so I think the most important thing is having a heart of open willingness to listen to Jesus from his word every mm-hmm. Sunday mm-hmm. would be the primary posture. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to listen and to learn about Christ. Mm-hmm. That's right. What I, what I keep hearing here in these first few moments is just the the centrality, not only of the word, yes, the centrality of the word, but in particular, the centrality of Jesus in preaching. Um, that's right. And so for those who have recently come to trust Jesus, it makes total sense that one of the key things that would be uh, would be part of growth in in Christ would be hearing Christ through through good preaching. Um, now, let me ask another question. Is it going to be similar to the question you just asked? Because I had a sort of oh yeah, why don't you uh, expand? Would you? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, you got a question. Question. Yeah. Would love that. Sorry. The question is, uh, you know, going off of that. Yeah. If, if we think, you know, we've made sort of a distinction as far as our definition, understanding what a disciple is, yeah. is somebody who learns Jesus. Right. Certainly preaching plays a role in helping the whole church learn Christ. Correct. Right? What would you say, Thomas or Mark, Pastor Mark, to um, maybe somebody who might suggest, hey, there's been lots of innovations, lots of ideas. We've learned a great deal about how people learn and just mm-hmm. sitting underneath somebody talking mm-hmm. directly to them for 35 minutes is not the best way to learn. Mm. There's lots of other creative ways to learn. Wow. Is this not a dated form of communication? Preaching? Wow. Incredible. Uh, first, I'd say, what a great point. And what, a, what an interesting thought. I know I've, I've talked with plenty of people, especially people who are in education, mm-hmm. um, who study these kinds of things for their whole livelihood, their whole living, their whole calling is, is in this area. And uh, I think, first of all, I want to say, yeah, this is something we should think about. Um, and uh, a couple things come to mind. First is looking throughout history. Uh, probably our, our biggest example has to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. One thing we see him doing, boy, quite a bit, is this very thing, is preaching. Uh, think of the Sermon on the Mount. We think of, I don't know, the Sermon on the Plain. We think of their sermons, you know. Um, and a, a second thing on that same point is the centrality of hearing in the Bible. Hearing is sort of one of the mega themes of the Bible. Uh, when Jesus says, you know, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, he follows that, that up with a quote from Isaiah and what he's appealing to is sort of the whole breadth of human history, and especially in our relationship with God, is primarily about hearing. So there's something just fundamental to the human soul in relationship to God that is primarily an act of humble reception. At the same time, uh, going back to that, for instance, the parable of the sower is what comes to mind. The parable of the sower, parable of the sower says, is Jesus instructing people. There's so many people there. He goes out on a boat. He's telling this parable uh, to people sitting on the shore of this beach. And he says, the sower goes out to sow and its soil falls on four different types of soil. And according to which soil it falls on, different, different result comes. 
And he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. We just read this in the Parkview Bible reading plan. I'm not sure when this will be put out, but it was just a few days ago. Um, and then he goes away. And what happens? Well, some disciples come to him and they say, Jesus, what in the world did that mean? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and Jesus says, well, I'm so glad that you came to ask for the explanation. As he goes on, he explains to them the purpose of the parables. And in fact, the parable of the sower is sort of this paradigmatic um, parable that says, this is how you can understand all of the parables is I'm saying these things, not so that people will sort of just hear them and then go away and come back again next week for more parables, you know, as if that's what we want our people to do. Uh, but that they would, that it would cause them to come closer to Christ and to seek more, to learn more, to understand, and come back with their questions. For us, if we're thinking of our strategy as a church, that would mean groups. It would mean some things that we've done with classes uh, and things like that. We want to have places where there is room for uh, asking questions and, and digging in deeper. And particularly, one thing really emphasized with group leaders is I've said many times, hopefully almost tired of hearing this from me, is uh, is that a good question is worth about 10 good answers. Mm -hmm. And that that process, the sort of the dialogue between uh, two believers is is so crucial for how we learn Christ. So mm -hmm. that was uh, probably more of an answer than you were looking for. Yeah, Those but kind of to sum up your last point there, you're saying yeah. Sunday morning preaching is a means by which we learn Christ. That's right. But it's not the only way. That's right. Yeah. It's the flagship, mm -hmm. but not the only ship. Got it. Yeah. So it raises another question, too, mm -hmm. in that, okay, you talk about te technology, and there's all these ways to do it. And mm -hmm. and even COVID has certainly pointed out that you could do church at home. And, mm -hmm. and let's it, let's face it, some people have really embraced that. Yeah, and uh, sure. pajama church, right? Mm -hmm. Have a coffee. Bedside Baptist. Yeah, Bedside Baptist. <laughs> um, and you could say, okay, so what's the problem with that? Mm -hmm. I... I I hear it very well. I, you know, I even watch it on TV. So what, what's the point of gathering? And I think that goes back a little bit to what it means to be the church. You know, so often we say the church is the building, right? It's not the building. It's the people. It's God's people. And that gathering together is so important. You mentioned that as far as the group side of that and being able to interact. That's the beauty of the groups is the interaction. Mm -hmm. um, there's less interaction on a Sunday morning in the service, obviously. Uh, but there's something about coming together, lifting our voices uh, in praise mm -hmm. together, seeing each other, encouraging each other. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's that's really a time that's a refreshing and recharging moment mm -hmm. for the believer. And um, I know that the people that I've interacted with that finally came back after COVID after a long period of time or after watching, you know, it's just like, Oh, I forgot how wonderful it is mm -hmm. to be together with mm -hmm. my brothers and sisters mm -hmm. and something you don't get mm -hmm. from technology. Yeah, that's right. Wade, can I throw a wild card your way, please? Uh, along those please same do. lines of the sort of, you know, technology enabling greater access to content of various types etc. And for the sake of convenience, why not embrace that wholeheartedly? Now, I, it, I listen and I know you do. And I know, well, probably I think all of us do. We have several other pastors whose preaching we admire um, throughout the nation, throughout the world. And from time to time, we'll go and listen to a sermon that they've given, perhaps on a, on a passage or on a theme that we're thinking about or preparing for something like that. There's some who might say, hey, guess what? 
I can get the world's greatest preaching every week mm. on my <laughs> device. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, we do not exalt ourselves here to think that that's not true. Uh, it is true. <laughs> and that's okay. Um, what would you say to the, the sort of, let's say there's someone in my community group who says, oh, yeah, uh, I haven't been going. I've, but what I do is each week I listen to Bill Jones or what I don't know who it is. Um, and it, man, guy. those sermons just really helped me, but I'm so glad I have my community group. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what would you say? Bill Jones at Bedside Baptist. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Great pastor. I would say that <laughs> the Lord has gifted his church, according to Ephesians 4, with um, specifically thinking here at the end there of uh, your installation sermon. Yeah. Uh, Chris preached on this. Is um. Uh, he's gifted the church, uh, pastor, teachers who are to equip the saints, the work of ministry Mm -hmm. and which would mean almost certainly the pastor of, of each local congregation is the best pastor for those congregants to shepherd Mm. them into maturity in Christ. Say more. And if we believe that what is happening in a local church is fundamentally supernatural Mm. as I mean, meaning it's a work of God, it's a gift of God when he gathers a congregation around his word and by his grace and mm. gifts the church um, and equips uh, those in leadership, called into leadership, humble, qualified pastors, elders, to then proclaim the word to build up the Christians in maturity. Mm. Um, that's what a local congregation is. So there's both a membership side of commitment and there's also then the shepherding elder pastor side mm. of feeding the flock of God before mm-hmm. you. I also think of, you know, oh boy, is it Hebrews 13 of just that those who are um, elder pastors have spiritual responsibility to give accountability to the Lord Jesus um, uh, for those under their spiritual influence and their mm-hmm. shepherding. Mm-hmm. And that's not true of Mr. Bill Bo Jones. Uh, Bedside Baptist. <laughs> Let's keep changing the name ever so soon. Yep. And, uh, you know, I really want to meet him. Yeah. I, wanna, so, I definitely want to hear Sounds like a great guy. Great I want to hear his preach. Helpful, yeah. useful, mm-hmm. you know, engage, but um, primarily, you know, it's, it's, uh, we are, we are, the, we are the ones gifted by God and called by God to serve the church and build up them. That's right. There's something, you know, I've, I remember hearing someone. This is back quite a few years at Parkview, but it was saying, you know, hey, you know, why doesn't so-and-so just sort of dust off their notes from when they were at a different church or when they're, and, it, you know, it made me think, well, I just don't think that's what preaching is. I don't think preaching is, I've got a good digest of what the Bible meant. Done. Uh, but it's actually, what what does God's word mean for a particular people at a particular time? And Bill Jones doesn't know you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, and he can say some encouraging things. Encouraging things are easy to say in general. Words of concern are difficult to say in general. Um, and uh, so and there's part of me that wants to say, yeah, wh- and while we're at it, why not parent? You know, I've, there's some great parents out there who could probably do a, a lot better job than, you know, you'd say, no, <laughs> you'd never do that. Um, That's a any- good point. Yeah. So, Okay. Switching gears just a little bit. So you're, you're a pastor getting up there Sunday morning, and um, 
preaching, you're, you're in your flow, and you're, you look out there. What do you, as a pastor on a Sunday morning, you look out in our congregation, and you make, let me just tell you, everyone listening, we see you. <laughs> yes, we do. We see you. Um, what, what encourages you? As you look out at our, our precious flock of sheep that the Lord has given us, what makes you go, ah, I'm so glad to be up here. This is, the Lord is really blessing this. I see good things. What would you see? I think the first, you know, obvious thing mm-hmm. is just the faces. Yeah. yeah. Not, nec- not necessarily even what the faces are doing. Yeah. But standing up there, you know, having spent time in this word, looking out there and mm-hmm. seeing the faces of the people who God has ordained to be there to hear mm-hmm. what he has to say. Mm-hmm. And then taking it a step further, just, you know, as their pastor, knowing a little bit about what their life is like, mm-hmm. you know, it just, that just brings me huge encouragement to see them receiving from God's word, Yeah, you know, and, and it's a re- good reminder for me, you know, as Wade's point was earlier in Hebrews, sort of what my responsibility is yeah. to care for them, to, to love them. Mm-hmm. This is, this is the primary way God has called me to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, this is going to sound like I'm trying to cover a mistake of having (laughs) taken too many chairs out of the sanctuary. Uh, And I'm really not doing that. But I think people seeing people sit together, Mm -hmm. um, it's one thing to to think of our immediate families, but it's Mm -hmm. another thing to think of our church family. Mm -hmm. And um, some of that nearness, if you will. And obviously, you've got, you know, family members that are sitting by each other. But... That other connectedness that you see mm-hmm. uh, just because people are in the same community yeah. group together or yeah. uh, they just have some similarity in life or whatever that, that draws them together. And, and I think seeing that togetherness, seeing people have holding their the scripture and actually looking at it mm-hmm. as I preach, that's an encouragement to me. Mm-hmm. I know that's happening on the phones and stuff. And, and mm-hmm. again, that's great to have it that accessible um, taking notes and things like that, I think mm-hmm. are encouragement, but mm-hmm. I think just even a nodding of the head and mm-hmm. some realization that mm-hmm. people are tracking with you. I think some of the East campus people are better at that uh, mm-hmm. anyway, but, um, just realizing they're with you and, yeah. uh, um, but that being together to me is mm-hmm. very significant. That's right. I think that's, that's something that I, I think probably people don't realize and this can maybe it can sound like it's kind of going goes both ways a little bit is we can see you and that means there's great opportunity there for for both kind of encouragement you know mm-hmm. there I'm I'm thinking of just what you said you know when I go look out there and I see people um I think it can be so easy to sort of feel like I'm I'm just in the crowd you know what I mean and I'm and every once in a while I think oh did so-and-so look at me, you know, or something, but we're, we're always seeing you. And I think from what you said and just not, I'm not at all surprised to hear that would be sort of your first response knowing you, Doug, but that, Hey, what, and I'm thinking of you and when I've talked with you about preparing sermons, we prepare our sermons with your faces in mind. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we get up there to Mm -hmm. preach, we're, and I'm thinking back to COVID and when we were preaching to empty rooms. There's no faces, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We missed you so much. <laughs> That's the truth. And um, it, 
it makes a huge difference to, to look out and see people tracking, people clearly understanding. Um, when we're, when you're preaching and you kind of feel like, I don't think I'm getting anywhere. It, it's, it's almost, it, it's discouraging when you look out there and you see, ah, people are understanding now. Don't, don't, you know, encourage us if things aren't, <laughs> you'd be honest with us in your mannerisms and everything. But, but it's true. When I see people opening the Bible and I see them, oh, that's right. That's right. Even, and I, I should have cleared this with you guys, perhaps letting out a little amen. Okay. Oh, you're getting crazy now. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, there's a church I, I went to for some time where I, there was a, a gentleman and it was not a, not a overly expressive congregation, but it, I could sort of depend on, you know, probably once or twice during the sermon, he would from the back in sort of a low voice. That's right. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of times. And it was just so even just sitting there as someone else in the crowd, I just thought that's right. And it made me think, it made me realize that preaching really in a certain sense is kind of a collaboration yeah. um, between, between. And so you may not think that as you're coming to church, am I ready to hear a sermon? <laughs> am I ready to hear a sermon today? Am I ready to be part of what's going on here? But uh, for us, as we're thinking of preparing to preach and preaching to you, that's the truth. Um, we need your help, mm-hmm. and we need your, uh, your you have a part to play there too. Um, anything else you guys would add there? You got maybe sort of one question to kind of close on probably? Um, uh, I have something. Yeah, go for it. Just getting re... Okay, C.S. Lewis. I'm about to butcher this. Here Sorry, we go. but was that the quote, or you're to, about to butcher? No, it? I, I think I'm okay. about to butcher <laughs> yeah. this. But I'm sure he said that. At some C.S. Lewis has a um, has an essay entitled uh, "Riding Bikes." You heard of this one before? No. One of my friends. So likes we to won't say, know if you. C.S. Lewis, ju- as bad as his titles of his essays are. The flip of that is how glorious they are. It's true. He has the worst titles of his essays. This one's called On Riding Bikes. No one wants to read that. But (laughs) on it, he says there's four types of, there's four things that happen when you ride a bike. Number one is uh, initial enchantment. You're a little kid. You start riding a bike. You think, wow, amazing. Then second one is then like kind of you become skilled at it. And then third is you, you become bored with it because it becomes so monotonous it's like i have to hop on my bike and go to my work and it's just uh, just get it done get over with but what's most important is you have to re-enchant get re-enchanted with the the bike which comes after years and you'll send your riding you're like it's amazing it's fall and whatever so he says and then he applies that to marriage and then he applies it to work and something else uh i think we need to be re-enchanted with the glory of sunday morning worship and sunday morning Mm -hmm. gathering of god's people i think we've become and especially in the American evangelical world, and I don't know why why has this happened. I'm not sure, but we we have so little expectation on Sunday of what's going to happen, and then so we feel then so little does happen. I wonder if we had if we got reenchanted with the the loveliness and glory of gathering with God's people, and the mystery of what's happening. Of the, you know, Ephesians two says that. Christ came to the Ephesian church and, you know, he preached peace to them. Um, Jesus preached peace. Did Jesus reincarnate himself in the first century? No. Mm. Paul was preaching. But according to Paul, I got this from Sam Albury. I think mm-hmm. it's brilliant. According to Paul, when preaching's happening, the Lord, the living Lord Jesus is, is giving himself to his people. 
mm. all over again. Mm. And I, I think we need to be re-enchanted with that. That's what's happening Sunday at bottom is that the Lord Jesus is earnestly uh, delighted to meet with his people through his word. And therefore, how much more are, should we wake up on? You know, Sunday morning, we should be waking up and it's Christmas morning all over again because <laughs> we get to meet again with our Lord who loves us and who wants to willingly give himself to us. So I think we can all take a step forward in whatever way it looks like to uh, allow our hearts to be re-enchanted with what's happening on Sundays at Parkview Church. Mm, good word. Feels like one to end on. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Well, thank you, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye, Parkview. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.